You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 369. So that's a very important question, guys, to ask on that first, very first call is if we make an appointment, if I come out in the next day or two, or if I come out six o'clock today or six o'clock tomorrow, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, are you prepared to do business? And you want to ask that in every call. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. All right, guys. So let's get started. I wanted to say, guys, if you're new, especially... If you don't have a question, no problem. But if you do, just head on over to the forum, myrhinotribe.com. Fill out the questionnaire about your question, and we'll do some research on it and get back to you on these lines. If you can't make the phone call, we're happy to answer the question and then provide the answer on this recording. We'll do that at the end of these calls so that you don't have to listen to the whole phone call. You can just speed ahead, fast forward, get to the end of the call, and hear your question answered there if you have a full-time job or you can't make the call for whatever reason or if you're on a seller appointment. So you can either request for us to do that up front, or if we don't see on the line, we'll just do that at the end anyway. All right, so easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Let's get started. For today's call, we had two questions that came in that were related to acquisition managers or speaking with the seller, negotiating, things like that. So I brought in a special guest, which is Daniel Toback, my brother and my acquisition manager. He is going to get started on those two questions. And he is the expert for sure in this because he is my acquisition manager and has done millions of dollars in deals. So very excited to have him on the line with us. And he's going to get into the two questions that came up that had to do with meeting and negotiating with the seller. So without further ado, Jordan, if you want to help assist Dan on this, on these first two, and I'll take the rest of the call, that would be great. And Daniel, you, you're loud and clear now. Everything's good. I can hear him. Yep. All right. So yeah, Dan, if you just want to get started and Jordan, if you want to help Dan get started, we'll, uh, we'll get started. Awesome. Awesome. So the first question that we'll take today is from Alicia and I'm going to get her unmuted, Dan, and you're good to go. Hi, Daniel. Hey, Alicia. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I think we chatted a couple of weeks ago, right? We did. Yeah, we chatted a couple of weeks ago on uh, on lead follow-up, I think. Awesome. Um, How's that helped yeah. you? Any new leads? Um, yeah, it helped a lot. I have I have a lot of leads, so now I am putting everyone on a schedule so that I'm following up with them more frequently as opposed to every month so that I'm kind of still fresh, you know, in their minds. That's great. That's great. I think that'll go a long way too to get you on more appointments and more signed contracts too. So I think that that'll be fabulous. And I know you had a question here. I read over it, but if you wanted to um, reiterate anything, um, I did read it already, but if you had any other questions besides the one I went over, uh, feel free to let me know. Okay. Um, no, it's, it's primarily just a question for now, just kind of negotiating because sometimes the sellers don't negotiate. It's like they just kind of accept the number that I give them, even though I, you know, try to be reluctant and say, you know, I don't know if I could do this, but what if I could do that? Would that work for you? Probably not. They're like, well, you know, I don't know. It sounds low, but there's no back and forth. And I'm not giving them my highest offer first. So 
just kind of wanted some feedback on that. Yeah, absolutely. So on that first, this is referring to the first conversation that you have with the prospect when you first get them on the phone, either from, I'm sure, like direct mail or cold calling. And when you first get them on the phone, that first conversation, my goal is to always get their number. And I know one of your questions alluded to, well, if they don't give one, I know we talked a little bit about that last time. They're sort of just looking for, you know, quote unquote, free report or like a free, free information is what I call it in sales. But on that first call, my goal is to get at least a range or a general vicinity of what they want in a price. So, for example, mm-hmm. you know, on the first question, well, what do you think the property is worth? They say, well, you're the expert. You give me the number. Normally, what I would do is, you know, of course, I'm more than happy to go ahead and give you a pointed offer. But, you know, any idea about what just a general range that you think the property might be worth? Another way you could ask is in that neighborhood, I know it's, you know, it's sort of a nice neighborhood. Do you know what other homes are going for? Or have you any of your neighbors sold in the last year? There's various ways you can position it to make it a more comfortable question. Because a lot of times if you ask for that specific number that you alluded to, a lot of times sellers can feel a little bit uh, vulnerable. But they don't really want to give the number. They want you to give the free information. So you can make it more like we talked about last time, just a general range. Or again, about you know the neighbor if any neighbors have sold. Another way you can put it too is, you know, if you're going to make a face-to-face appointment, I'd love to, to meet you in person. I'd love to make it out to the property here in the next day or two. Can you give me some information to contemplate in the next day or two in terms of a price or a goal? What type of goal you're looking for in terms of the number? And then sometimes that way, once you make the appointment in their mind, you're going to come out anyway. So they're opening up to you. They're going to give you more information before you come out. So that's worked in the past. But again, the goal of that first conversation is just to get a general number or general goals of the seller, their time frame to sell, the terms they want. So if they need, again, like 30 days after, if they're not ready to, to sell right away, you want to know that in that first call. And most importantly, you want to know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, if I can come out in the next day or two, if I can come out later today and make an attractive offer, are we prepared to do business today? Can we do a signed contract today? And that's the most important thing. Because you don't want to go out to these appointments or go out to like five appointments in the week and all they want is a contract that they're going to try to bid out anyway. I just want to interrupt you for one second because you just said something that I think everybody on the call needs to hear. So I want you to just reiterate what you just said for everyone's benefit because this is one of the reasons why you are, you know, guys, Dan has been doing this now for a few years and he kind of takes this stuff for granted because he's, you know, doing so well here. But I just want you to just slow down for one second, Dan, and just repeat what you just said to the seller because it's a key sentence that has helped you close. In my opinion, you tell me if I'm wrong, Dan, but a lot of business and certainly more than the average acquisition manager. Can you kind of just review that one more time, what you just said? So committing to do business, Tom, once we're out there in person? Yeah, so so basically, if I'm going to go out to an appointment, I want to know that the seller is prepared to do business. I really don't want to go on an appointment just to give out an offer because that's what everyone mm-hmm. else is doing, and especially in other businesses too. Like people are conditioned in our environment just to get a free appraisal. Like if you think about it, you go online, just a free appraisal or free report. So that's a very important question, guys, to ask on that first very first call is if we make an appointment, if I come out in the next day or two, or if I come out six o'clock today or six o'clock tomorrow, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, are you prepared to do business? And you want to ask that in every call, in my opinion. The only exception would be obviously if you have an out-of-state or like an out-of-state landlord, then you're going to want to do business over the phone. 
But the way I would do it then is you're using a mobile notary. And the mobile notary, guys, is something that for your out-of-state people, you want to do every time. I've done DocuSigns, and those have worked, but the mobile notary has been an absolute game changer. So for your out-of-state people, you're not obviously going to be seeing them in person. Unless the deal was like, you know, a $200,000 deal, then definitely hop on like a Delta flight and go. But, you know, I would use a mobile notary and set up an appointment with a mobile notary, have the mobile notary contact the seller. But then just let the seller know if all these terms are agreeable, could the mobile notary come out at 5 p.m. today to do the contract with you? And that's how I would do it if it was an out-of-state person, if that makes sense. So, Tom, I don't know if that's what you meant, having the commitment over the phone, but that's um, that's how I normally do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so Alicia, this, I've obviously I've heard your question as well. Does that do you understand what he's saying there about how about negotiating with the seller on the upfront part of the answer that he gave you? Yeah, that totally makes sense to me um, on the upfront um, piece is when I have to, you know, when I'm actually calling them back or going on an appointment, you know, after we've had that that discussion to get what their price range is, see if they're flexible and, and everything. Like a lot of sellers um, right now are out of state. So it's a phone conversation when I'm calling them back. So so let's right. let me I, I don't know if I fully understand the question, so I want to make sure that we have it right. So yeah. describe the scenario exactly that you're in and then what is the question? Okay. So you, you have a lead, the call comes in, you guys agree on a price on the phone? So right now I have a lead, he's out of state, he lives in California, he has a property here in Vegas. It's now vacant because this, he had a relative that passed away and he's the executor. So we had a conversation. He doesn't really know what a good price would be, it's not his market, but he's looked on Zillow and he has he has some realtor friends in California who have kind of gave him some ideas, but he knows the house needs a lot of work and he's not willing to do it. After we get off the phone, I looked up, you know, some information, gave him a call back and let him know like what I think a good price might be just to kind of gauge if, you know, that was like my starting offer. And I guess I was expecting, you know, and I asked, you know, is that too low or, you know, whatever. And just to kind of get an idea of what he was thinking about the number. And he's like, you know, it is lower than I expected, but I'm I'm not really sure. But okay. I was kind of expecting so a let's just, back and forth. Yeah, let, let's pause here for one second, because now that I have a little more clarity on what you're asking, the first thing I wanted to, I'm glad that I took the time to kind of deep dive this with you, because this is a great question. And certainly this is something that is you're going to deal with early on at wholesaling and something that you shouldn't really be dealing with later on after you've done, you know, a handful of deals. So I want you to hear your question. You might want to go back and listen to this recording and listen to the, what you just said to me, because you said the word price like three or four times. And what you're doing by with this strategy is you are making this deal all about price. And what I want you to know is, right, I am always reluctant. Let me ask you a question. Will wholesalers ever win on price? Um, No, no. Absolutely not. We will never win on price. Never, ever, 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 ever. Never, ever, ever. We have to tell people that, right? Like get really good at like, if I say to you, I'm going to say to you, what's the best price you could do? And I want you to say a number, just say any number that comes to your head, right? So what's the best price that you could do? 150. No, I can't do that. Yeah. Boom. Who spoke first? Great. That's how you win the deal right there, right? So here's what I'm going to say to you. Number one most important thing is when you say, well, I have this number, is that too low, right? The problem is, is it's like, and I'm only telling this out of love, right? And good energy, but it's weak, right? You have to be, you have to like stand up straight, put your shoulders back, 
project your voice. You're the one with money. You're the one with the boat that's doing well, and they're in the boat that's sinking, right? Or they're not. And if they're not in a sinking boat and there's no one to save, they don't need the Coast Guard. But if they are, they have to know that you're the Coast Guard, right? So they have to understand that you are there to help them. So when you're taking all of this back and forth with pricing, what you're trying to do is you're trying to find a price that works for where they are instead of focusing the entirety of the conversation on how can I help you? Are you sure you even need my help? There's a lot of people out there to help. There's a lot of houses to buy. You can list it with an agent. You can become a landlord. You can, you could rent this property out. You know, why would you even want to sell me this property? You know, it sounds like you have some investors with cash. When somebody says to me, I have some friends who are investors and they were talking to me, I interrupt them, right? Well, why aren't they buying the property? Oh, well, they were just give, helping me come up with a number. Oh, well, they, if they're investors, they should buy the property if you're willing to, you know, are you willing to give them a good deal? You know I'm an investor, right? I need to get this at a good deal. I can buy it quickly. You don't have to come back to the property. I could send a mobile notary. I can pay all cash. I can close quickly, you know, all of that. But I need a good deal. Are you sure you want to sell this for a good price? Always go back whenever you get confused about this. Always go back and watch an episode of Pawn Stars. Always go back and watch a Pawn Stars episode, right? They bring in the grandfather clock. What's the first thing that the guy wants? He wants a price, right? What are you going to give me for it? What does the Pawn Star guy do? He says, this is a really nice clock. Tell me about it. And then the seller goes into explaining the clock, right? Oh, this was my grandfather's clock. He gave it to my grandmother before he left for World War II. And da 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 My uncle fixed it. And then I think he broke it. And it went missing for a few years. But my aunt had it. And when she passed away, we got it back. What's the second thing that they do, right? Second thing they do is they build rapport. How do they do that? They say, oh, well, that's funny. My grandfather, he had a clock just like this. And I remember looking at it when I was a kid. And it was so much bigger than me. And I had to look up building rapport right? Looks like a nice clock. Tell me about it. Oh, I used to have a clock that was similar, or I heard about a clock like this, or, oh, this clock was made in Switzerland. It's very interesting. Did you know that it had this gem movement? Right? That's number two. What's number three? Hesitation, right? What does the Pawn Star guy do? He says, this is like a family heirloom. You should keep this clock. Why don't you keep this clock? Are you sure you want to get rid of this clock? Oh, well, right now I need the money. Why do you need the money? What's going on? Oh, well, I have this problem and this problem and this problem. You see, what your job is to do as a wholesaler is to pull this story out of them. They know that they're in the people who walk into a pawn shop. Do they know they're in a pawn shop? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Always remember, they know that they're in a pawn shop. So don't ever give the impression, right? Like we will pay you the most money for your house or will this price work for you? Because that's not what we do as wholesalers, right? So what we do as wholesalers is, right, we have to get that story out of them. The price is the last thing and should be almost like a non-issue, which is really good. And that's why you don't have to be really good at sales or negotiating, right? So, So he says, okay, well, are you sure you really want to sell this clock? This is a family heirloom. You should keep it. No, I really need to. So now they have to convince you. Right. They have to convince you. No, I really need the money right now. My daughter, 
you know, she moved back from college. She can't find a job. My wife and I live in a one bedroom condo. We have to buy a two bedroom because she has to live with us. And then what do they go back into again? Build rapport again. That's funny. I have a daughter too. She just graduated from college and she can't find a job either. You know, college costs are so high. Why am I taking the time, right, Alicia, to explain all this to you? Because this is how long we take with the sellers. Rapport. Them convincing us, rapport, them convincing us. This is why Daniel goes to an appointment and they never go with anybody else except for Daniel. Because this is how Daniel does it, right? Rapport, rapport, nothing about price. Never trying to convince them that we're the right fit for them. Only the seller trying to convince us that we should buy this clock or this house, right? So why do you want to get rid of it? And then what do they always ask in a pawn shop? They say, well, what are you hoping to do for it? And because in, in a pawn shop, it's a little bit different. They, you're right. Do they want to pawn it for a loan or do they want to sell it? And then what do they do at the end to close it? it? How much time do they spend on price? Three seconds. How do they do the price? Always the same way. Always the same way, right? They always say, well, what were you hoping to get for it? I love that term, right? What were you hoping to get for it? Well, I don't know. Uh, $5,000? No, I can't do that. Shh. They don't say another word. Right? It's a staring contest of silence, right? What were you hoping to get for it? $5,000. No, I can't do it. Immediately reject the first offer no matter what. And then they come up with a price, they close the deal, and it's done. What I want you to see is, I mean, Daniel could sit here and give you a lot of strategy and insight into it, but the psychology of it is more important than the way you answer seller objections or your negotiating skills. The psychology of it is understanding who you are and then giving them permission to be honest about who they are and how you can help them. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, it makes sense. That's, um, yeah, I'm getting, that's I'm getting really the lost key. in the strategy. So, yeah. Yeah, because because well, what you're trying to do is you don't want to be a deal creator. You want to be a deal finder. So, see, the thing is, if somebody is not in a situation where they want to sell low, right, then this conversation will reveal that right away, right away. They'll feel super uncomfortable and they'll walk, they'll take the clock and they'll walk right out of the pawn shop, right? Because they'll think, oh, well, I don't need cash that bad, right? I'm going to put this thing on eBay and I'll go back and forth with seller answers. I'm going to spend a little money fixing up the clock. I'll put it on eBay. I'll go back and forth with sellers and I'll buyer questions. And then, you know, I'll just wait the 10 days and I'll put the clock on eBay and I'll get the highest and best price. Great. Good. No problem, right? If it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. But new wholesalers very often, they're having very long, drawn-out conversations. Why? Because number one, they're afraid of losing a deal, even though it's not a deal. And number two is they're trying to answer with negotiation and sales tactics to try to convince somebody to sell, which ultimately will never work. Right. So you don't want to convince anybody to do anything. You just want to find out if they want. And the problem is or the challenge is, is that a lot of people are embarrassed. They don't want to admit that they need help. They don't want to talk about it. They just want your price and then they want you to leave. But you, it's your job to not do that. It's your job to lead the conversation. I am telling you, watch that show about the pawn shops, any of them, they're all exactly the same. The guy comes in, it's the same conversation every single time, right? There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on in the show. Just fast forward through all that and just watch those scenes of when someone brings in an item, what is actually going on and really pay attention. Get your remote control and pause it. And after the seller says something, say, okay, how would I respond to this? 
and and then listen to how the the guy at behind the counter responds to it. It's exactly the same thing. We use a little bit of a different script, but it's almost identical, right? We're always pulling away the whole time. Why do we do that? It's not a strategy for negotiation. It's because if you don't, you don't know who's going to follow you, right? If you're always leaning in the whole time, right, you don't know who wants to work with you, right? Because no one's following you. Right, you're always you're, you'll notice you're talking a lot, right? There's a lot of words happening all the time from the new wholesalers. Uh, lots of lots of words, right? Or if you go into their CRM, you'll see pages and pages and pages of notes. Why is that? Because they're thinking that it's sales negotiating or sales or negotiating training, which is good and honest and wholesome, and I love it, right? But the reality is, if you can just in your belly understand that most people want full price. Most people don't want to sell, and your job is just to identify by using these scripts to just say, okay, who is actually the people I should be spending my time with? And when you're spending too much time on price or trying to convince them to do something, that's a sure sign that you're definitely in the wrong – you're playing in the wrong game. Does does that make sense? Yeah, 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 it, it totally makes sense. So, so yeah, makes sense. always just remember you will never win on price. That You should write that above your desk. Wholesaler, I will never, ever, ever win on price, right? I only win by the, by the service that I provide. Okay. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I, I will actually write that above my desk so I can focus yeah, on no, it's, Yeah, it's key. That's very nice, <laughs> by the way, for me to say that to you because when I was in your shoes and Todd was teaching me, I had to write stuff above my desk that was not as sweet and easy like Wholesalers don't win on price. Mine was much tougher that I had to write down. So, so take that and that's a, that's a definite win, uh, 100%. When Todd was coaching me, every sentence started with, oh my goodness, you're such an idiot. And then he would give me advice. Oh, really? <laughs> so he was much, t- he was much tougher as a big brother. So, um, but yeah, does, does that kind of, I, I, I don't want to, you know, pass gloss over your question, but the only concern I had is the way you were asking the question. It's like you're trying to negotiate price when price is the least of these, right? Of, of everything no, you do, price is the least important. Yeah, no, I mean, it's perfect because, like, I hear I hear it, you know, we'll never win on price. We'll never win on price. Built rapport, built rapport. But then I also, like, see the, the, I guess, the strategy of negotiation, and I don't come from sales background. So I'm like, how am I going to sell? I can't. But, you know, I do have a background as a nurse, so I can kind of just, I don't know be a person more and try to build rapport and try to win that way. The best way to build rapport, right, is always try to find relatable stories by asking questions for more detail, right? So so always try to find relatable stories by asking questions, right, for more detail about their story. And the questions that you ask should always be pulling away stories or, or questions, right? This is a nice clock. Tell me about it. Did you buy this house or, you know, you, you, you look so young. How long, you know, I sense that you've been owning this house for years. Did you inherit it or what, what, whatever it is, right? And then whenever they start to give you answers, what you'll notice is literally they'll start to relax, like, right? There's no pressure, right? Because you don't even want to buy the house. So you're not going to give a number. I don't even know if I want to buy this house, right? I'm not here to convince anybody, right? So the way my brain is working when I'm with the seller is, Look, I don't know if I want to buy this house. You know, tell me more about it. I don't know, like, what's going on? And if you approach it with an abundance mindset instead of a scarcity mindset, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing or not enough because I have to, you know, I have a deal and I don't want to lose it. And you have to move that to, like, I'm totally relaxed. There's tons of houses for sale. 
you know, I don't really care what I say or if I look like an idiot and tell me more about the house. You know, and then if they get aggravated, just be like, well, you know, calm down. Like, are, are you sure you want to sell it? I don't have to buy the house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's your it's a it's just a one percent difference. But if you could just make that shift to that one percent difference, you won't need all the sales and negotiating training because your mindset it's and I always relate this back I, I know and I've been married for twenty years, so it's hard for me to do, but I always relate it back to dating, right? And if you like could you imagine if new wholesalers were on dates with people like like there's so much nervous energy, <laughs> like like nobody would ever go out with you, right? Because you'd be trying to convince them I'm so great and I it's like like look, I'm instead just be super confident. And, you know, hey, look, there's a lot of people out there. I'm kind of just meeting new people. And, you know, I don't know. Like, like, what do you do? Like, do you know what I mean? You want to be, it is imperative that you are the strong, confident person in this scenario. That if, if you can get that, everything else will fall into place and you won't need all the specialized knowledge. Mm -hmm. By the way, Tony Robbins' video on rapport building is in the forum. Bill Rafter is just sending mm -hmm. me a reminder as I'm speaking with you. You, you may want to check that out. But, but if you can figure that part out, you know, about asking questions and getting more details and then making that relatable to who you are and your life experiences, people like people like them. So if they say, oh, like, yeah, my, my wife, you know, she was a nurse. That for you is like perfect. Like, oh, well, like I'm a nurse and da 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 da. And I, you know, oh, it's so funny. We went to the same exact training school and, you know, I remember that teacher and, you know, a half an hour on all the personality quirks of that teacher is worth way more value in this deal than getting them to agree on a price. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then that's guess, the key. And then like after the report building, are you kind of waiting for them to then bring it up again? Like, you know, to actually bring up the sure. selling their yes. house. So. Absolutely. I'm never sure that I want to buy this house up until the minute that we buy the house at the title company. I'm like, huh, okay, well, so what do you think we should do now? Well, I guess we should put it on some paper. Okay, well, I have a, I have a purchase agreement, not a contract. I have a purchase agreement in my car. We can use that. Uh, okay. I'm never like anxiously like, uh, 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 like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not like, I'm not sitting at the table leaning in, like licking my lips, like waiting for them to sign. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I got one. Like, I'm like, hey, listen, I always maintain the position. You, even at the very tail end of this uh, situation with the seller, I'm always maintaining my confident position all the way up until the end, right? Okay. All the way up until the very last day. So I would suggest doing the same is that you always maintain you know, um, you can lead the conversation with questions. Questions are always the best way to lead the conversation, getting more details from them, having them convincing you. And then at the tail end, when everything is agreed upon, you know, and you're like, you know, I'm not saying I can do this, but what if I could pay 165000 I could close it in three weeks, and I could pay all cash, and I would pay all the closing costs, and there were no realtor fees. I'm not saying I can do this, but if would that work or probably not? Oh, yeah, no, that would work. Okay. I mean, okay. Yeah. So what should we do now? Right. And then boom. And then let them make the suggestion. One thing that Todd taught me early on was let it be their idea. That was a key piece of advice. And Daniel would definitely 1000% because Daniel is a master of this. He would back me up on this is let, let it be their idea. Um, when you're in the right role and they're convincing you, it's like they're leading the whole conversation. Th does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
the best way to do this is you should be a nurse on every seller phone call and appointment and not a wholesaler. Forget the word wholesaler. It means nothing. A wholesaler is not even a person anyway. The art of wholesaling is finding discounted properties, right? You are a nurse, right? You know, you're finding out about real estate investing. You could help these people, but, and Bill is just giving his advice too, uh, which is the key, right? He's just the one telling you this, but that's the key is you just have to have that right. If you can just get that mindset on, it would be, it'll be so much easier for you. Does that all make sense? Yes, it does. Everything you said has made lots of sense. Lots of sense. Oh, perfect. Uh, next time I have an argument with Julie, I'll have you come into the conversation. You're like, hey, <laughs> Alicia just said, like, everything I say makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, I don't, I know don't I, I, agree with you. I, I was going to say, I can't co-sign on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, that would be smart not to do this. I lose every argument with Julie. Um, Daniel, is there anything that you want to add to that, everything that we just went over as far as that goes? Yeah, no, that was really good, Tom. I, I think the one thing that you said that I resonated with, too, is just building those common bonds. The report is going to take you all the way to the closing. I had one example that I wanted to give Alicia real quick, but we were on a vacation, my wife and I, in St. Augustine, and we were at the beach. My phone rang. I got a lead calling me from the website, and it was this guy in our local market. He was motivated. He wasn't feeling well. He wanted to move near his son up north, back to New York, and long story short, at the beginning... We were totally off on price. He gave me the number. I had to ask him like two or three different times, like, you know, what do you think the range would be? And I told him, I said, Tony, you probably should just list with an agent. The number's way too high for me to be a player at. So you probably might just want to list. So he agreed. He, he thought we were going to be way too far on price. But then he told me something about having these cluster headaches, right? So I suffer from the same type of uh, sickness, these cluster headaches that you know, they feel like you're st- getting stabbed in the eyeball. So for about 30 minutes, I was on the phone with this guy named Tony just talking about headaches. And he didn't know how to fix them. He didn't know how to get rid of them. And I gave him my personal doctor, who I use here in Port St. Lucie. And he ended up going to see him, calls me back like a week later, says, Dan, you know, you're a lifesaver. He gave me the right type of uh, prescription and, you know, the right type of treatments. And I feel so much better. And we built massive rapport over that one thing, the headache. So um, he ended up like weeks later coming back to me. He had higher offers with other investors who he just didn't like. He didn't like them. Because I asked him, I said, you have higher offers. You have better offers on the table that offer the same exact thing. Um, why aren't you interested? And he goes, well, they just seem sort of sketchy. And I don't know if I can trust them. So for you know $15,000, $20,000 less, you know, I'd rather work with somebody that I know truly cares and is really going to be out to work with me the right way. So the bottom line there, Alicia, is the report took that whole deal the distance. It wasn't about the price at all. I, I was honest with him. I told him it's never going to be the right number at the number he was looking at at the beginning. But he remembered me because we had a relationship. We had rapport, like Tom was saying earlier. And I truly believe that people pay for that rapport. They pay for that relationship. I just uh, recently, in the last couple of months, I hired a personal trainer who's way more expensive than, than the other quotes that I got from you know two other trainers, but I'm willing to pay more. He's this guy I've known for years and I know he's, you know, really good and I'm friends with him. So we always, our natural inclination is to pay more for people that we like. And that saying goes, you always work with who you like. So to Tom's point, I think that's good advice. Rapport really can take you all the way. It's never a numbers issue. And um, also use eliminating questions. That that would be my only other thing I would add. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you know, it sounds like you, you don't know price. Have you thought about using a listing agent or paying for an appraisal? 
And a lot of times they don't want to pay for an appraisal, of course. They don't want to use a listing agent and wait three to six months. So that'd be my only other add there is try to eliminate yourself as an option and you'll get the answer you're looking for a lot quicker. Bam. All right, Alicia. Good stuff. Good to hear your voice. Okay. Thanks. Thank you both. Have a good All right. Thank day. you. <laughs> all right. Good stuff. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.